Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. I hope you're doing well. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode is with Jamie Lawson. And you're in for a real treat. This was a wonderful conversation. And, uh, and we speak about... All of the stuff we usually speak about on this podcast and so much more. And it's not often you get to to ask someone what it's like to walk out on stage at Wembley Stadium um, and uh, and sing some songs. And uh, and it's something that I sort of saved till the end. It was like, I want to sort of do all the usual chat, but I'm just fascinated as to how, how someone would approach something like that. And, uh, and, and we do discuss that uh, towards the end. And uh, yeah, there's lots of shared love for um, some incredible artists on this podcast as well. And before we get on with it, um, just a big thanks to uh, 76 uh, for producing this podcast. Um, Thank you very much to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, Thanks to Asher uh, for putting this podcast together. Uh, And obviously thanks to Jamie for for giving up his time. Um, Also, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, please go and have a a look about in the archives because there's 150 or so episodes um, featuring some of your favourite musicians, podcasters, producers, DJs, actors, comedians. Go and go and have a rummage around in the vaults and see what you can find. And uh, if that's not enough, then um, I also have a Patreon page. And each week I put up a standalone episode over there. And you can find out about that at, uh, off the podcast.com. Uh, let's get on with things. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with Jamie Lawson. Sorry to chip in, but I've got another announcement. We have another sponsor. Anyone can play guitar podcast. If you're in a band or an upcoming singer-songwriter, or you just want a, a little look behind the scenes of how the music business works, this podcast is for you. They interview big-name guests every week, and the lads go in on topics such as how festivals are put together, the role of today's record companies, the importance of touring, marketing, songwriting, the list goes on. And wait till you hear who they've had on. The Killers, Jimmy Eat World, Editors, Frank Turner, Shed Seven, as well as loads of record company execs, festival organisers and radio DJs, and loads more. Visit acpgmusic.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast. Go and check it out. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. 
Okay. <laughs> Has everyone else been absolutely useless, or is it just me? No, it's no, te- it's, it's, it's technological um, challenges. Well, that voice you hear there—that's um, today's guest. That's Jamie Lawson. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Apologies right. already. Apologies straight oh, away. It's, it's wonderful. It's um, it's something that um, we've all been sort of trying to sort of get our heads around, and uh, I guess not just. Um, musicians um, having to sort of do stuff remotely now, but 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 podcasters as well, which is um, something like there's so many of these recordings. I mean, we, we're doing this in lockdown, I should say, face to face over Zoom. But thankfully, you know, so many people that I do chat to have the facilities to record stuff at home, which is great because it means that um, for, for people that don't know how. At, you know how, how the podcast things are working remotely. A lot of time, if people record, I, I record my my end, and Jamie's recording his, and then uh, my producer paste them together, and then you get a nice sounding podcast. You don't get that kind of sort of phone in style. It, it yeah, sounds right. it sounds nice and warm, and and uh, hopefully, and, uh, unless I completely mess it up, <laughs> which we've already discovered is quite possible. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, before we get on to your, um, your track list, Jamie, um, I just want to ask you how you found um, quarantine um, and, and lockdown as, as both a human and as a creative. Um, well, as a human, I found it, uh, the, whole, the whole situation very worrying, uh, kind of life-altering. Uh, life changing um, is normal over are we done with normal is this a new normal now and people saying we're going to get back to normal soon that's a load of rubbish that's not going to happen anymore Um, specifically I guess in my case about uh, shows and things like that doing gigs how comfortable are people going to be squashed into a club full of you know two three hundred other people uh, shoulder to shoulder. I don't think I'd want to go and do that right now. Yeah. You know, um, can't see me wanting to do that this year. Um, how comfortable will I be next year? Are we all going to be fine once there's a vaccine and we know that actually we just have to take some vaccine and everything will be all right. Or I, I just don't know. I can't work it out. And I think that's the thing, Jamie. I think it's the thing that no one really knows. And I think that's where the kind of, the, the, the weirdness comes from, that, that feeling of like, well, no one's got any answers to this yet. And, exactly and I think that's that. what leaves you in limbo. Do you know what I'm saying? I, it, it, yes, completely, completely. And unfortunately, we have a government that are just chasing themselves around. You know, they haven't got a clue themselves. They're different, yeah. different um, statements from one politician to the next. And then obviously we've just... Uh, this is like oh, are we on three or four days after the Dominic Cummings thing, uh, yeah, and and that's been absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean how he has not gone is beyond me. Um, so, you know, this idea of using your common sense uh, and following a government that has none yeah. is just bonkers. It's yeah. bonkers. Um, I don't know if you watched the uh, Charlie Brooker viral oh, wipe thing but what absolute a breath genius. of fresh air like that was the so best clever. that's one of the, the my highlights of these last couple of months in lockdown is just as soon as i knew that brooker was going to be doing something i thought oh this is going to be good and it delivered it really yeah, did absolutely just you know factual state after factual <laughs> statement and they're all just geniusly funny as well as just being oh my god that actually happened 
you know, oh, no. it's just ah, oh, it's so well done. But yeah, so I um, you are you're almost living in Black Mirror society type stuff. It's exactly it's just, how it, it feels. It's all over the place. So as a musician, and you know, in terms of creating, um, I would have thought it was a brilliant time to create. Um, I haven't really done any. That's creating. the answer. I've spoke to so many people, that, um, musicians and stuff, since this began. And, and so many of them have said that. It seems that uh, people have either gone one way or another. It's either they've all taken up a new hobby, learnt a language, done a load of DIY, fixed the garden or something, yeah. or not done anything. I have a slight excuse. I'm quite lucky in one way that I was going to take all this time off right now anyway. Mm. I had uh, uh, we had a baby in February, so I have a, thank you. We have a sixteen-week-old baby right now, um, which obviously adds its own complications in a lockdown yeah. environment. We've just had a this morning had a like a, a health visitor uh, this Zoom meeting with a health visitor. You know, it's just wow. like, which is also kind of weird because um, obviously she can't see the baby. Yeah. So if there is, you know, you have that worry that if there's anything just slightly off that she would notice that you'd have no idea about. Yeah. She's not going to see it over Skype. Yeah. So you have these, you know, all those sort of issues and worries. But um, yeah, so that he's kind of my reason for having not done any work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to, to be able to go, right, I'm going to go and write a new album when you've got a, a 16 week old, then... Uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. No, not at all. <laughs> having, having said that, this very day, it's the 29th of May today as we record this, and my EP, my new EP has come out today. It's been released oh, today. Oh, wow. Okay, so, fantastic. Um, I recorded that last year, knowing that obviously I was Billy was coming along and we could plan yeah. this kind of year around it. Obviously, yeah. we didn't know the, the pandemic was on its way and whether to release music at this time is another yeah. matter as well, and I really did debate that. But I think it's a good time for new music. I think... People, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but certain, you know, people that like my music would look forward to that and it will give uh, some people some enjoyment and, and totally. me as well to release music into the world. So uh, I think it's worth doing um, and I'm glad I've done it. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting time to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and I think, you know, you, you say about putting music out, you know, for, you know, for, you know, for, for your fans and stuff like that, then... Uh, uh, so, you know, it is a good time to put stuff out, and, and I think it's a good time for for creatives to put stuff out and for people to in, in, enjoy it. For you know, if, if anything, just escapism and that distraction from yeah, you know, yeah. put your phones down and stop looking at news feeds because it's going to drive you spare. You know, well, it's, it's yeah, not going to give you any answers there. It's easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, it Absolutely, is. Absolutely, yeah. Completely. Yeah, turn it off, put your headphones on and listen to some music and escape. Track one, Jamie. Yeah. Well, a song with the great... Uh, your song that you regard as having the greatest intro ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a question. What a ridiculous question. <laughs> um, can I ask, um, has anyone... Um, I assume a lot of people would go for like a Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan. Has anyone done that? We've had no Dylan. No. Um, I think somebody chose Jack Flash, I think. As in Jumping Jack Flash? Yeah. Right, okay. No one's, um, no one's chosen like a Rolling Stone. I'm so surprised. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a corking star, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. One of the 
it's just I would have thought that was the best, yeah. and then it's everything else after that. It's just that one note. It's like you hear that one note at well, the it's beginning. The big bang, yeah. and the snare drum. You know, it's and, just electrifying. And the minute you hear that, it's like when you hear um, that called before. Um, is it Hard Day's Night? Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And like you just think, yeah, it's hard day's night. Yeah, like just exactly. that one chord. It's it's yeah. that iconic, and yeah, and it's definitely the same with like a Rolling Stone. Yeah, I mean, it has that. It, there's just that moment of suspense before the, yeah. the song starts. Essentially, just yeah. that one hit. But uh, yeah, what a, I just assumed someone else would have gone for it. But anyway, I went for um, a, a Michael Jackson song called "We're Almost There," mm-hmm. um, which uh, I first heard on a um, best of. Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 vinyl album that my brothers had. Yeah. Um, and it's a stunning song. Do you know the song? I do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a tune. Yeah. Just the, uh, that intro itself, the way that it builds and builds and builds, you know, it's almost like the Rocky theme. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. And then it just goes into that release. Yeah. It just opens up. Um, with all those strings and that bass line that um, uh, the jam nicked. For a yeah. town like Malice, yeah, a town called Malice, you know, it's just brilliant, you know. It's, the way you've just described that, it's it, if I was to do this, answer my own questions, and uh, and if I chose a song that made me instantly from the intro have to dance, yeah, it's don't stop till you get enough. Right. And yeah, that's yes, the yes. same. The full yeah. version's got that kind of bass line yeah. and then you've just got the woo and the strings and then it's man, it's just genius. Absolutely. That's an intro. So how are you with, you know, the madness that is, I mean, we have to appreciate everything else aside Michael Jackson musically is a fucking genius. Yeah. Right. Undeniable. Yeah. Can you separate the music, the as you know, the, the artist from the madness that is the media, the 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 whole Michael Jackson stuff? I mean, we should also point out that nothing has ever been proved that no, you know, but he's let's done. Face it, he lost a lot of money in not proving Things. Exactly that, and it, and it's strange, you know. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Smiths fan, and and, and yeah, Morrissey's right, exactly. recently been saying some some strange things yeah. that, that that don't compute with me. And it's like, can you separate the yeah. the, the man from? I, it, it seems lately that uh, you know my favourite artists have all been massively letting me down. <laughs> Morrissey for one, Michael Jackson, obviously Ryan Adams as well had some kind oh, of controversy God. recently. That's right. That I don't know. I did not get to the bottom of, but it was all yeah. a bit like, what's going on here? And it's like, oh God, can we please just stop? Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah. There must I mean, be a lot of people with. Uh, I mean, I've got a lot of sort of um, Morrissey lyrics tattooed all over me and I'm thinking thankfully they're Smith's ones and they're not his solo work and I'm thinking well yeah thank stop, God for Johnny Marr right? oh Johnny Marr <laughs> thank you mate <laughs> yeah God, right exactly exactly but so yeah, can you do that n- well I, I I have to admit I struggle um, the 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 very young Michael Jackson songs that this is we're almost there is off an album I found it on that best of, but it's off an album called Forever Michael, and there was yeah. he that was released when he was sixteen, uh, the year I was born, and there is 
three of his records around there. I think another one was uh, Music in Me and I think uh, Farewell My Summer Love. These albums I kind of discovered when I was about 14. Yeah. And honestly, they got me through a whole summer. Yeah. Whatever was going on in my life at that time. Farewell I My to Summer those... Love's The Forgotten Gem. Oh, man. But like, the, what a the, single. What, what a single, what an album as well. If you, like, mm. There's some tunes on it. But all those three records flopped massively. Mm. Like I was actually yeah. looking some stuff up. I think this got to number 54 in the chart. You know, it was a That's massive flop. It's crazy to think Jackson. Michael Jackson got to only number 54. Exactly. So, <laughs> so these records did disastrously, you know, for mm. him. Um, and this is obviously before Off the Wall. Um, but yeah, I just turned to them again and again and kind of still do. Yeah. You know, there's part of me that uh, really does still need these songs. And um, recently I uh, discovered someone, Nick Cave does this kind of question and answer thing on his website. Yeah. And someone asked him about Morrissey, I think, yeah. and about... He, they, they did. Yeah, and he talks about how you need to disengage the artist yeah. from the art. And that's really interesting. And I, I don't know if it's always possible. Yeah. Uh, the way I, in a way, the way I see it is, you know, at 16 years old, Michael Jackson's not thinking much. You know, if yeah. we talk about specifically pedophilia stuff that he's yeah, been accused yeah. of, he, yeah. you know, at 16, he's not thinking that. So can I listen to that? Can I listen to anything uh, before Thriller? Yeah. Because it seems like everything after Thriller is where the, all the accusations start. Yeah, absolutely. That's really odd thinking, and I'm not sure that's viable, <laughs> you know? But that's kind of like totally. my head. Can I justify it that way? No, it was the so answer. Weird. But, you know... When, when Nick Cave kind of sort of was like, yeah, you know, you need to separate it. And I was thinking, brilliant. And then I see that um, one of my other heroes, Billy Bragg, then made a statement. I thought, oh, come on, please back it, Billy. And he was like, no, the guy's a piece of shit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I said, I've got to bin the Morrissey records. Billy said so. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, again, Billy's a huge, huge inspiration for me. But, and he's recently said some stuff about uh, gender identity and sexual identity and trans stuff, which is also okay. really weird. And the, oh, the really? lines and the fine lines there of, you know, of uh, women's rights um, and then uh, transsexual rights, etc., and where lines are crossed oh, and how really? uh, safe spaces for women can be uh, encroached upon by uh, basically men, predators saying now self-identifying and wow. how do women keep safe, etc., etc. Uh, and it's a really deep well that you oh. can fall into as a rabbit hole. You can be down there for years. So uh, there's all sorts of stuff. There's, uh, man. This is the dance of ended. social media. It all of a sudden, is. all your pop stars have got voices that you don't want to hear. <laughs> it's got, well, you, you, Billy, you can trust Billy, surely. Surely oh, you can trust Billy. Oh, please tell me you've got to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I want to ask you quickly. Um, I always ask this question, and, and I've been doing this for nearly a couple of years, and I never quite get the... The, the question quite as I want it to sound, but um, as a, as a songwriter um, and as, as somebody that um, writes music that, you know, um, has had huge mainstream appeal as well. How, how do you approach an intro in your songwriting? Um, maybe when you first started as a songwriter, right up to the, the current EP that, that, that's just dropped um is intro something key i'll write you know because from when you first started making music to now 
the way that people listen to music is very, very different. You know, yes. there's lots of streaming and things like that. Yeah. Um, this is a super loaded question, but basically, I'm, I'm just. I wonder how much in, how much emphasis you put on the intro, and and has that changed over the years? You know, through consideration of like radio and things like that. Well, it, this is interesting. I was just listening to your uh, podcast with Lamal, and oh, he okay. talks he talks about the intro to Too Shy being yeah. forty seconds long. Yeah. Right. If you're not at the chorus by forty seconds now, yeah, people are turned off. Yeah. That's the chorus. You've yeah. had to get through the intro and the first verse before you get to the yeah. chorus. And he's only just starting the song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't really happen anymore. People hadn't stopped talking about his hair at that point well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Um, but um, so there's two things. I realized as a solo act playing intros with an acoustic guitar that is essentially just strumming chords around and around, whereas the recorded version might have something else over it to make it interesting. As a solo act, that wasn't interesting. Mm. So I kind of started getting to the song as soon as I could to the point where now I'm pretty much just straight in. Yeah. First line, that's what you'll hear. There's no intro whatsoever. Yeah. I think on the EP that has just come out, I think three of the five songs start that way. Yeah. Uh, one has an intro that you would call an intro with a, a string section, yeah. and the other one is like two chords, and then I'm in. So, yeah. so for that reason, intros for me came about via playing live. That people, yeah. And the same for guitar solos. Because I was only playing an acoustic guitar, I couldn't do a solo at the same time. Yeah. Just get rid of it. it it's not interesting yeah. to play that chord structure again and again and again whilst you listen to it in your head and others yeah. just watch you. So yeah. I, I've never had many, you know, instrumental breaks in my songs either. Yeah. Um, oddly, the only song I can think of that really did have an intro was the big one, was Wasn't yeah. Expecting That, which does do exactly what I've just said about going around the chord structure once, yeah. you know, uh, and somehow it got away with it. I don't know why I did that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know why I did that. But um, yeah, that's what, that's what I did for that. But I don't, yeah, I generally try not to. I just want to get 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 there. Okay. Track two. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Um. So. I I, I think I'm. There must be songs before this. So I've gone for another Michael Jackson song off the same album. So mm-hmm. this album, uh, the kind of best of was, I think my brother got when I was eight. I turned eight and he got it for Christmas. I, uh, I'm a December child, so it was pretty close. Yeah. And um, I listened to it all the time, which is, you know, I found quite a few records via my brothers. They're like seven and eight years older than I am. So, yeah. Um, but I, I was trying to think, like, I was even a fan of, like, uh, you know, Shaken Stevens and things like that when I was five or six or four and five. I don't know. But, and we, songs, we all was. We, we all was. <laughs> you know, I mean, he looked of, cool, didn't he? He was well, like exactly. a bit of double denim, white socks. He looked like, you know, he was our Elvis. <laughs> but he had songs like uh, Give Me Your Heart Tonight. And I remember thinking the melody of that was beautiful. And that something about that melody did something inside. Yeah. But... This, the One Day in Your Life, the Michael Jackson song, there was something about that. It's the saddest harmonica intro you'll ever hear, yeah. ever. It's so sad. 
it yearns immediately. Um, and then it was just this kind of, there's a lyric in it that goes, um, uh, one day in your life, you remember the love you found here. You'll remember me somehow. Though you don't need me now, I will stay in your heart. And when things fall apart, you'll remember one day. Yeah. When. That was what got me. Not if. Yeah. If things fall apart. Yeah. It's a whole different song. Yeah. And it's just like, when things fall apart, I'm going to be here. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's one of the things about those songs, Motown songs, I guess. They, they did have that. They had that I'm going to be here for you element. A lot of them yeah. did. But things are going to be rough. Yeah. You know, and following that, um, my home life was odd. My dad was sick a lot. Uh, things got rough. You know, as a kid, you just kind of deal with it. Yeah. You're a kid and you get through it, you know. You don't think about it much. But looking back on it, I think, oh, I get it. I get yeah. why that song hit me over other songs, you know. What was that emotion? Um, oh, that's a good question. Understanding. Okay. Someone out there, uh, something had been through this before yeah empathy i guess yeah you know one of the things that never fails to kind of knock me sideways when i have these conversations with people is people will throw up a song like one day in your life which i haven't thought about until uh i, I got the email with your, your song choices on and and i think to myself that that could have definitely have been mine and, right. and and so many people sort of send these songs over, and I think, oh God, yeah, I'd never thought of that. Yeah, I wonder when I first heard that. Yeah, I probably heard that. And I, and I do think, like, I remember hearing that song, and, and literally just, it's drenched in sadness, isn't it? It's all over it. It's pure yeah. melancholy. Yeah. And it, but here's the other weird thing: that was the opening track on a best of album. Yeah. That's the first thing you hear. That harmonica, the saddest sound you'll ever hear is the yeah. opening track on a best of the Jackson 5. Not starting with I Want You Back, ABC, The Love You yeah. Save. They're starting with that. W why? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, no it hardly idea. sets the pace for the album, does it's it? It's so strange. <laughs> so strange. I, I, I've not, I, I do not know why that is. It mu there must be a reason, but I, I don't know yeah. it. So, so that was the first, yeah, that was the first kind of song of so, theirs I, I heard. So where was you then, Jamie? Where was home? Uh, that was in Plymouth. Yeah, okay. St. Budo. Okay. And so, um, aside from um, sort of raiding your brother's um, records and stuff, did, did your folks have music on at home? Were you exposed to sort of lots of music growing up? Uh, no, not at all, no. Um, Radio 2 was on, which at the time was awful. Mm -hmm. um, my dad had uh, a, a terrible record collection. Uh, like really bad, uh, Jimmy Reeves, um, Nana Muscuri, uh, Perry Como, not so bad. He did have the one record and, um, uh, the, the one record that was in there that I still love to this day was John Denver's Rocky Mountain High yeah. for some reason. So I have a song, I, I released an album last year called the years in between. And, um, I, I name check that album in the song, yeah. I, I kind of made this connection of, um, I, I used to listen to that record a lot when I was very young. And, you know, I started wondering, well, is that, is that 
what made me want to is that what made me want to go and play guitar yeah because i can't i don't know why i asked for a guitar no idea yeah. at all um so was it something about that did my dad um you know uh, somehow surreptitiously set me on this road uh yeah. to what i was going to do and um yeah, so I kind of wrote about that in the in the song, the years in between. So just so you know, my dad died when I was nineteen. Um, so I have this whole life of all these things that I've now uh, accomplished, yeah. managed to do, and all these dreams that I did have then yeah. that came true that he didn't get to see. Yeah. And we've reached the the point in my life where I'm now longer without him than I was with him. Okay, and that's a strange that's a strange line to cross. I, yeah. You know. So I, I think all those things were on my mind when I was writing that stuff. Um, so, and and that, that John Denver record's brilliant. Yeah. If, honestly, if, if you don't know it, it's so good. The, the layering of it, the acoustic playing on it is fantastic. And um, it, it's almost like the stuff... Uh, do you remember that uh, a few years back, that Midlake album, The Trials of Van... It's like that. Yeah. It could be right alongside that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant record. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So, if you want to hear the songs... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just go over to Spotify and search Off the Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Um, it is, it, it's really weird that you, you, you say that as well because there was, there was a few albums growing up and there was some 
awful stuff. There was lots of brotherhood of man and and, <laughs> and, and, and just shit. Like, but there was the best of John Denver. Right. And, and I just remember like constantly listening to leaving on a jet plane. Right. And, yeah. and just, and just absolutely loving his voice and then seeing him on the Muppet show. Right. He was on the Muppet <laughs> show. <laughs> what was you want at that age? Yeah. I mean, he got a lot of stick for not being cool. Bless him, John Denver. But, you know, I don't know. He, uh, he, he nailed it on some of those tunes. Completely. Okay. Track three, Jamie. Uh, the song reminds you of your school days. So I have two, kind of, and one is primary school and one is secondary school. And cool. both are the same memory of me kind of walking around a playground singing them. So um, Build, I was a big House Martins fan because of Happy Hour and the video to Happy Hour. Obviously. And, um, you know, just singing that. And I got into that. My brother's again, uh, he had uh, London Nil Hull for, and I played that record a lot. And I loved that. And then I was the one who then kind of wanted to go out and get the new album when it came out. So um, the build was off uh, the people who grinned themselves to death, uh, which what is, a, you know, what, what an <laughs> amazing title for an album. And what a record for like an 11 or a 12 year old to be going to get. Excuse me, do you have a... <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, so... Um, but that, for whatever, you know, the song Build, which is, I used to sing a lot, just to myself. Um, ba, 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 build. Just all the time. It was just always in my head. And I loved Paul Heaton's voice, and I still do. I think do. Paul Heaton has got one of the greatest voices that the UK has ever produced. Yeah, and I, I'm one of the best songwriters. Incredible. And not really been, uh, you know, credited as such, I don't think. I feel like he's... I can't say he's underrated, but he doesn't seem to have had any of the accolades that he should have had no. for someone a, who's written such brilliant songs and shifted the units he's done because he one sold in, a lot of records. One in five households had carry on up the charts. Something like that, yeah. I mean, that's insane, isn't yeah. it? And and and, and it, it, it is. He's 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 not given the credibility. I I don't think that that that, that he deserves. I mean, those that love Paul Heaton fucking love Paul, Paul Heaton yeah. do you know what I mean and, and and I think you know it's easy to think okay yeah, yeah you know Happy Hour was incredible the Housemates had some amazing music and like and then the beautiful South had incredible music as well and and there's there's lyrics that are you familiar with the track Let Love um, Let Love Speak Up Itself absolutely one of my favourites fucking hell that record like, that choke album's amazing Just, oh my god God, his yeah. vocals on that yeah, are yeah. unbelievable. There was a brilliant documentary about Paul Heaton that was on just before Christmas. I don't know if you ever saw I did. it. Yeah, did you? Oh, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. He's just, he's, he's everything you want in a pop star. He's a bit crazy, isn't he? You know, he's very, very strange with a lot of his sort of little kind of habits. I remember reading something years ago about him where he had this kind of routine when he got on an aeroplane. He was petrified of flying and he had right. like a, a 1980s football sticker that he used to have on his thigh that he would rub like as they took off. He had like all these really, <laughs> and then plus he used to collect crisp bags and yeah. like, just, oh, that's what you want in your pop stars, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, crazy. We, I mean, I ridiculously followed him at Glastonbury. I got to play Glastonbury a couple of years back, and he was on before me. And I just, I stood, I stood side of stage watching him, thinking, wow. 
I've followed him my whole life. Yeah. And I'm about to go on exactly where he stood. And I, I remember him kind of, uh, he was backstage and stuff, and I couldn't go and say hello. I, st- I said yeah. hello to Jackie. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't say hello to him because I'm so worried um, that heroes like that wouldn't like what I do because I do this other kind of uh, almost mainstream uh, soppy love song thing. I, d- I mean, I don't think it yeah. is that personally, but I, yeah. it could be seen as that. Wasn't expecting that could be seen as that. I, it isn't. Yeah. But so I have this absolute fear that they would be, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know you. And it, that would be it. I would just be crushed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I couldn't say hello. But, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, he's still writing amazing records. Absolutely. Still singing incredibly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm very uh, grateful that he's kind of been there all those years to have that music yeah. to, to listen to. There was no 10-year-old boys at my school wandering around the playground singing the Ass Martins. Well, here's the other one. Yeah, I, I said think there I must have got about 14 before that happened. I said at primary school, I went around the playground singing, please, please, please let me get what I want by the Smiths. Because my brother had the, uh, the Peel Sessions record. What's that called? Hatful of Hollow. Hatful of Hollow, yeah. Yeah, so he had that record. I listened to that all the time. And I would be going around, like, as you say, like eight or nine going, good times for a change. See the look I've had. You know, it's like eight years old singing that stuff. All the other kids like, what's wrong with Jamie? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really changed. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, what, what a privilege, though, to have like, older brothers sort of exposing you to music like that at such a young age. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, my, my brother Andy kind of takes credit. He, he takes his own credit. for. He says he sat me down <laughs> when I was five in front of uh, Summer Holiday, Cliff Richard film, told yeah. me to watch it. And he says Brilliant. that's what started it all off. But I don't, know, I don't know if that's true or not. But they did have some good records. <laughs> and what was... Was that, was that your two tunes? Yeah, yeah sorry, that was yeah. the school okay. ones, yeah. Um, so, did you enjoy school? Um, uh, it's a, it's a, weirdly, it's a tough question because I probably, for part of it, I did. Um, I reached about 13, possibly 14. Something changed. Uh, I'd had to grow up pretty quick. Because of my dad, I suddenly felt like school wasn't the right place for me. Obviously, I had to keep going. Um, I removed myself from all my friend group uh, and started to sit at the front of the class rather than at the back of the class. And um, I kind of just got on with it. I struggled, probably. I was quite popular. Uh, I was quite liked. And then in the fifth year, I kind of joined the school band and um, that became my uh, salvation in a way. That's what set me off doing what I still do. You know, we used to practice every lunchtime after school as well. We were so ridiculously dedicated for 15, 16 year olds learning yeah. um, REM songs, Pearl Jam songs, Nirvana songs, Jimi Hendrix, Chili Peppers, anything that was around. And that's just all we did. We kind of devoured it. And that was my uh, safety. That was my safety net. That's what caught me. Did you, you know, at that point, did you realize that music was something that you wanted to pursue? Not in any way. 
No, I didn't. You know, I was from Plymouth. There was no way you made a career in music coming from Plymouth. You know, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think for a while I was uh, I wanted to be an art teacher. Um, and then because uh, I really liked my art teacher, but then he changed and he got sad and I didn't get that. And he was quite angry. Um, so I, I didn't want to be an art teacher anymore. And then I went to art college, uh, even though I failed my art A levels. Uh, somehow I still got into art college and it was, I think, a year and a half into art college when I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. And uh, I left and moved to London to be a singer. Wonderful. That's an abridged version. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to that story, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we, we, let's go back as well and uh, back to, where, to, to them times. I want to know what the first record you remember buying uh, was from a record store. Well, do you know what? I can't remember. Okay. So um, I, can, I think the first album I ever bought yep. was either yep. Peter Satira, Glory of Love, because the Karate Kid was out. Obviously. And, or Michael Jackson's Bad Album. Now, I think Peter Satira precedes it, but I'm not certain. So... Uh. Also, Satira would have been about 80. Oh, I reckon that was maybe about 86, 87. Yeah. And so was, bad was 87, 88, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure. However, I did have singles before that. And I can clearly remember uh, Shaken Stevens, like I said, Musical Youth were in there. Yep. Um, and the, the, the track I'd mentioned to you, which was uh, Candy Girl by New Edition. Yep. Which is an awful song. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, I know you make playlists of this stuff, so I so <laughs> apologize to your uh, I, I, you know, I, um, uh, uh, fan base and your loyal fan base that might go and listen to this uh, playlist. Because I listened to it yesterday thinking, I should probably go and listen to that again. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the first album I ever bought was Now That's Rockle Music, the first one, and that's on there. And so oh, okay. I, I, I listened to that a lot. And, um, and obviously that band, a lot of very famous people come out I know, of that band. Bobby Brown, yeah, Elbiv Defoe. Exactly. That girl is poison. Like, what a tune. Oh, that's a tune, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was even a Bobby Brown fan for a while. Oh, you know. mate. Every, every little step. step. T- exactly, what? man. Exactly. <laughs> Classic. And what's weird is... Um, have you, like if if you go, not that I expect you to, but if you go on YouTube, you can. Like, new edition are still playing. They've they've all got back together. Are they and, really? And it's very strange seeing like fifty year old men singing Candy Girl. It's it's quite strange. But do you know? I, I checked. I, I listened to the song on Spotify yesterday, and they they had over a million monthly listeners. And I thought, who is still listening to this? It's got to be for that tune. You, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that was odd in itself. They had a follow-up. Called, was it called Mr. Telephone Man? Yes, I think it was. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, what you've just said there, you've just said um, New Edition and Musical Youth. Now, both of them, as, as, as I'm 47, and so I, when that came out, you know, I guess, what was I, like 10, 11? And I remember thinking, I watched something about Musical Youth, and it said they didn't have to go to school. 
And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is what I want to do. Well, new edition don't go to school. And then, then I saw something about a couple of the cast of Grange Hill that they, they only done a, a few lessons whilst filming. Yeah, right. I just thought, I need to be famous. Like, <laughs> you don't have to go to school. I want to be like, I want to be in music with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll hang around with Zamo. I'll <clears throat> <laughs> lead you down a, the wrong road with Zamo. You don't want to go with Zamo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so... Um, moving on um, from school and, uh, and and I guess around the time of art college and beyond, um, I'm going to ask you um, about a song that soundtrack you're using, Clubland. Now, before you answer it, um, I should stress as well because I speak to so many musicians and and I, and I need to maybe rephrase this this question somewhat because I think people presume. I'm going. Did you have a summer in IB for, or was you in one of them kind of high street? chrome-covered yeah. clubs dancing to Dr. Alban. No, none of that. If you was going down your local dirty, sweaty indie club and, yeah. and throwing yourself it's around weird, to Pearl I, Jam, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't think that. Isn't yeah. it strange? Because you're right, I did. I was thinking, well, I never went clubbing. Yeah. Ever. And yeah. But the reason I never went clubbing, again, was because of my brothers. Yeah. So they used to go out clubbing. Yeah. And when I was, you know, 11, 12, yeah. they'd bring all their friends back to our house and you'd see them in the morning with black eyes and shit like that. And they were just getting in fights all the yeah. time. Now, Plymouth at that time was pretty rough. Yeah, of uh, There's a street called Union Street, which is famous for it. Um, and so I thought, well, I'm never doing that. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. Now, at art college, on a Wednesday, there was a, a jet. Where, where was that? Plymouth still. I stayed in Plymouth. Plymouth, So uh, there was a, 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 what was it called? A jelly jazz night, which was like acid jazz. Yeah. And I went to that. So I remember going to that, but I couldn't remember one song. Yeah. You know, it was all like... What was that JTQ and Cool Droy and... It, that's it. Yes, exactly yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And probably Mother some Earth. Stevie yeah. Wonder stuff, you know, thrown in every now and again. But yeah. So, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I haven't listened to those stuff, that stuff since then. Yeah. So I couldn't name a song. But I would have gone to indie clubs when I was in London. Uh, I used to go to The Garage. Yeah. You know, there was a club there. Yeah. Um, and when I, I lived in Dublin for a while and I used to go to Whelan's and there was always, on a Saturday night after the band, there was always a club there too. Yeah. But again, I, I don't really remember a song. It might have been, at that time, it would have been The Killers, like Mr. Brightside, yeah. if that came on. And again, yeah. another amazing intro because yeah. you like tune straight away, you know. It's so strange, right? Because... I've, 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 I've been a pr- club promoter for 30 years now and I've, I've, I've run this indie club in, in Essex and, and have done for you know 30 years and Mr. Brightside still is the most requested song we ever get and it's one of them songs that you do think about three or four years ago I thought oh for fuck's sake come on like no more Mr. Brightside and it felt tired and then I saw them a couple of years ago in a like um, performing it at a, I think in Re- at Reading, like and or or some um, Radio One thing, and then I saw them this year doing it at Glastonbury. Yeah. Um, did you see that? It was good, wasn't it? With Johnny Marr playing guitar as yeah. well. Yeah. And it sounded so vital, fresh, yeah. and exciting, and and it is weird because it's played to death, and but. 
the, there is one reason for that. It's because yeah. it's fucking it's brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those classics as well, where the first verse is the same as the second verse. Yeah, exactly. It's not even. Yeah. It doesn't even. It's, it feels like they've gone. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll go back to that, and they yeah. never got time, and they yeah. didn't need to. It's like, how did they get away with it? But yeah, it's a killer tune. But, no um, pun intended there. Yes, um, exactly. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a dancer? Uh, I can be, yes. I, I am, uh, or I've been known to, uh, probably less and less as I, uh, as I get older. But there are a few songs that, you know, are guaranteed to get me on the dance floor. And uh, one of them would be uh, Higher and Higher by Jackie Wilson, uh, which I must confess was also our first wedding song. Oh, that's wonderful. Our what first a dance. Record. Yeah. So um, we even did the whole dance routine thing and getting everyone up on the dance floor to do the dance routine. And I remember, remember my niece thinking it was just the lamest thing ever because <laughs> she could dance because she was, uh, you know, doing GCSE dance or whatever it was. And it was just like, oh, this is so easy. It was, like, oh. it was really boring. But uh, yeah, it was just the best day. And that was, you know, one of the highlights for sure. He's Jackie Wilson's voice. Um, I mean, I know I've just gone on about Paul Heaton's voice, but Jackie Wilson's voice. Have you ever heard him sing Danny Boy? No. Jamie, when we're done, go and listen to it. Look it, okay. And it will knock you sideways. It's unreal. Wow. His voice goes up and you think, oh my God, how's he got there? Oh no, he's done it again. He's gone even, oh, hang on a minute, he's gone again. It's like, right. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's got that, I can only equate it to like what you sometimes hear Mariah Carey doing, but it, it's not that kind of, that showing off of, look what I can do yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like, it's just coming from within and it's stunning. Yeah, yeah. right. I'll, uh, thanks. It. I will check it out. I mean, you mentioned Paul Heaton again, but that's where he was inspired from. That's where he got that. St- you know, he was a yeah. huge fan or is a huge fan of that stuff. Yeah. So he knew that stuff inside out. Um, I remember him singing a uh, Bill Withers track on uh, later yeah. called You Just Can't Smile It Away, which is just yeah. gorgeous. I remember him singing and I can't find it anywhere. And it was on a show like, was it called Rapido or something like that with Jane Middlemiss or something like yeah, that? Yeah. And uh, and he was singing with a choir, Lean On Me. Right. And it was just incredible. And I know that he got into some trouble with Jazzy B because in, I can't think what Beautiful South song it is, he says, um, back to bed, back to uh, reality. Yeah, yeah, back to bed, back yeah. to You are, and you are. That's oh, it. yeah. yeah. And he was saying that um, Jazzy B uh, and Soul to Soul tried to sue him mm. for um, Back to Life and, uh, and sort of said something like, you know, it, it, it wasn't sort of, you know, they're about soul music. And, and, and he was like, and I remember him saying, I've got more soul in my little finger than Jazzy B's got in his old body. And I just thought, Jazzy B needs to listen to him singing Lean on Me. <laughs> that, that, that's like, that, that's soul music right there. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Track six. Favourite song from an artist from your home county? Well, uh, so I'm from Devon, right? Okay. <laughs> so this is really, I mean, it, it, it's not difficult. I'm quite lucky in that um, 
I've chosen a, a song called White Hair by Seth Lakeman, who's a friend, and I know Seth. But there is very little choice. So what I'm else quite, is there? So I actually looked up. I had to look up, you know, famous people, singers from Devon, right? So Chris Martin's from Devon. He's from Barnstable. So your, your man from Muse. Oh, of uh, course he is, yeah. They're from Tinmouth. Uh, Joss right. Stone. Yeah. Uh, ben Howard. Um, this list, right... Uh, was scraping the barrel so much that it had to include Will Young because he went to the University of Exeter. <laughs> You're and not having that on default, no it, way. <laughs> and Tom York. Tom York also. And then Damon Alburn because he owns a farm in right. Devon. <laughs> I'm not having that. Damon Alburn, we've had him because he went to uni in Essex. We're having him. Exactly. He's Colchester. It's just, it's- I mean, Tom York's from Oxford. I don't know where Will Young's from, but I just thought, oh, man, they obviously, you know, they, 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 yeah, they struggled to find 50 people on a list of famous Devonians. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, crazy. But um, anyway, uh, Seth, is a, uh, Seth Lakeman is a folk singer from uh, Yelverton, so not far from Plymouth. Uh, he was once in a band called Equation, which were kind of going to be this... Uh, folk pop crossover that uh, Jeff Travis signed to his label. So Jeff Travis did uh, Rough Trade. Rough Trade, uh, yeah. And then set up a label called Blanco y Negro, I think. And um, right. uh, yeah, Equation were going to be this big pop folk crossover, and it never really happened. Um, it produced Seth, Cara Dillon, Kate Rosby, and Catherine and Sean, as all as folk artists themselves. So um, they all went on to do things and beautiful things as well. I'm a big Kate Rusby fan. I'm a big Cara Dillon fan. Um, and then Seth. And Seth just... Seth has this kind of uh, really soulful way of approaching folk. He sings it from the heart because that's pretty much all he knows and he plays it from the heart because that's all he knows it's all he's ever done from the age of three or something ridiculous you know his playing is incredible um the song uh white hair was actually uh i think a radio two single of the week or something like that and um and he was also you know i think he signed to katie tunstall's label um relentless is that right? Something like that. And so I think there was hope that that would be a crossover as well. And yeah. for a little time it did. And the song White Hair was kind of that uh, crossover, really. And um, uh, it's, it's, actually, it's a song about uh, uh, a folk myth. And I looked it up. It's to do with how... I'm gonna, I'll read you this quote. It says, In some okay. parts of Britain, it used to be said by the cunning folk that when a pure maiden who had loved a man with all her heart and soul is forsaken or is betrayed by him, her spirit returns in the form of a white hair to haunt that man, bringing him misery and death. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, you know, song of the week on Radio 2 was Joyous. about that. <laughs> it's just, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's all folk music uh, in one paragraph right there. But it's all about that. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, I was really chuffed and proud of him, for him, that he was kind of reaching these places, yeah. you know, with his music, considering he would never have expected it. So, yeah. um, and it's a beautiful song. Yeah. It's a gorgeous song. Before we get to the last track, um, I was chatting to... Um, my my uh, my wife and children today 
And uh, they said, are you podcasting? I said, yeah. I said, I've got Jamie on today. And uh, and they saw you um, supporting Ed. Um, and, and I've just got to ask, like, what, what does that feel like before, during and after walking out on a stage of that size to that many people? Um, so I was very lucky. I got to open for Ed on a whole, um, a whole series of stadium dates. And um, I realized quite quickly that it was a whole other level of gig. Um, so I couldn't really, my thing, when, if you came to see me at my show, I am relatively quiet. I'm quite uh, talkative. I want you to come to me. And I want you to feel safe and uh, I will invite you in. You know, we're there together. It's a beautiful experience. And, um, you know, even if you're there on your own, you are amongst friends. That's how I see my shows. Uh, For when you walk out at Wembley (laughs) and there's 80,000 people, that doesn't work. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I realized I had to start warming up for the show. I had a 20 minute slot for Ed. Um, I would try and get eight songs into that 20 minutes or seven. It might've been seven. And I would start warming up for that show an hour and a half beforehand. Now, usually for my own show, I would maybe do two or three songs because I would just, it would just be this, uh, for my own, I have a kind of ritual. I sing, uh, Jackson Brown's These Days and Mr. Bojangles. For some reason, those two songs put me in a mood that I'm now okay. You yeah. know, I know where I'm at. This is where I yeah. want to be. This is the mood I'm at. Uh, this is good. That wouldn't work for, uh, you know, Stade de France or, or Berlin Olympia. So, um, so I'd have to play for like an hour and a half to do a 20-minute set. And the reason is just the electricity that comes back at you is uh, just so immense Yeah. that it just, you just had to kind of get to a place, for, you know, so high before you even get on the stage. Otherwise it yeah. just blows you away. And uh, I, I just remember really enjoying it every minute. Yeah. You know, I really did enjoy it um, yeah. because it was kind of like, in some ways it was harking back to the, the pop star that I wanted to be at eight years old. It's Michael or, Jackson. Exactly. It wanted to, I, I, I moved away from that as I got older and I found uh, R.E.M. and Crowded House and it was a different type of music. Even though they played, even though they played big venues, yeah. there was a difference to it. So, yeah. But I kind of channeled this inner pop star that was still there somehow to kind <laughs> of go and do this thing of being this larger than life Jamie, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Uh, in order to do it, still presenting my songs as they were, yeah. I didn't change anything there. I just picked the ones that would work the best in that situation sure. and wasn't expecting that, <laughs> which didn't really <laughs> suit that situation. But because people did generally know it, yeah. um, you could get away with it. Obviously, Ed plays solo. Ed's an yeah. incredible performer, 
completely solo, nobody else with him. He just builds and builds and builds those songs, which is what helps him create that sound to get across to all those people. Yeah. Uh, and he is a major talent in doing that. No doubt about it. Well, you, you mentioned um, Kratidas and R.E.M. Uh, a moment ago. That's a very, very um, big band for, for me. Um, have you ever seen the before they got back together, the last ever crowded house show in Sydney. Yeah. I mean, I had that on VHS, and, <laughs> I mean, that's quite a gig, isn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, it's it's, by, it's the opera house, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, as far as the eye can see, it's mm. just it, uh, literally the whole of Australia has, has turned <laughs> it's up gone, gone to, to watch. Yeah. Like, and, oh, it's unbelievable. And, and. Oh, I mean, are you a big fan? I am, yeah, and I'm still a big fan of his. Um, He recently released a record called Out of Silence, which is just stunning. Yeah, It's so good, and you can watch the whole making of it on YouTube because they filmed it. Oh, really? They they literally, they they did a weekly uh, transmission where they showed you the rehearsals of how they were doing it, and then they recorded and... Um, live streamed the recording of it um, which took four hours so they made that album in four hours and you can watch it all they do two or three takes of each song and it's just so beautiful the song itself which uh, the song uh, Love is Emotional which opens the record is just a thing of absolute beauty and as good as anything else Crowded House ever did it's so good wow I'm uh if I you can. find if you find a spare four hours, watch it. Yeah, it's so, oh, it's, I've got a bit of time on in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, I mean, if you're not a nerd about yeah. these things, you probably will get bored. But if you are, it's just like wow, the concentration uh, I, of it. I can watch uh, them all day long. Yeah, like, I uh, I had a really just talking about crowd has just made me think of something really bizarre. I'd completely forgotten about that years and years and years ago. Um, in the kind of mid-90s, there was a tiny little venue in Chelmsford called The Wire Club near where I uh, lived, and, and my band was playing, and it was like, yeah, you're supporting this band. Uh, they're, uh, they're doing this tiny tour. They're, they're, they're from New Zealand. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. And uh, they're called Dead Star, and I was like, oh, okay. And didn't know anything about them. And uh, and the, the, the press around them um, didn't mention it, and, and it was the bass player from Crowded Ass. Oh, really? And Nick I was like, I was like, oh, my God. God, like, and so literally just kind of was a little bit sort of dismissive. Like, I ain't even heard of them. I don't know who they are, but yeah, we were supporting this band. And then like, I was like, oh my God, I'd literally been watching that VHS right. on repeat. And I was like, it's him. <laughs> I used to work in a, a record shop in Dublin. Uh, it's been pretty much my only job ever that I had. And it lasted a year uh, when I lived there. And um, Nick Seymour used to live in Dublin. And right. he would occasionally come in and buy records that I would then, you know, thanks, that'll be a 30 euro, thanks for, you know, that sort of thing and not say anything. You know, it's just like, that's Nick Seymour, that's Nick Seymour. And it happened a few, Peter Buck came in when R.E.M. played and I sold Peter Buck records. And, um, Are you serious? Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg came in one day, they had to shut the whole shop. <laughs> so would that have been when R.E.M. played in Dublin with beautiful South supporting, I believe. Oh, possibly, but I did not see them on that tour. I'd seen them at Slane Castle. That was Monster, I think. Oh, right. yeah, no, that was Monster. That was Monster, yes. Yeah, so I saw that, yeah. but I didn't see Beautiful South. When I saw them, it was Oasis. 
opening yeah. with Belly yeah. and the Cranberries, I think. Um, I had, I went to Milton Keynes for that, and that was Belly, because I was in love with Tanya Donnelly at that time. Uh, it was Belly, Blur, oh, okay. uh, and another American uh, kind of college rock band called Magnapop. And, oh, uh, and yeah, and that was the first day that Blur, it was the first time Blur played Country House. They went, this is a new single. Really? And they played Country House. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah. Wow. I, do, I do remember thinking when I saw, when Oasis were there, and I hadn't really got them at that point, and I watched them, and I remember thinking, wow, yeah. Li- Liam had something. Yeah. He had that thing, yeah. you know. And I've seen it a few times in other yeah. people, but um, it is very rare. And yeah. I, I can't work it out. I, I'm, not, I'm not a massive Oasis fan. I, d- I got yeah. into them at the time, you know, but I'm not a huge, huge fan. I think they've written some good songs, or Noel has written some good songs for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, he definitely... I just remember I was in, I got to the, like the mosh pit bit and I had to get carried out. But so I got carried out over the front and I remember just grabbing like 20 seconds to just look up and watch, yeah. you know, before I got moved on and surfed out and it's like, you are, yeah, that's something. So for the last track, uh, I'm going to ask you um, to tell us a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. They can play DJ now, Jamie. Okay. Well, Thanks. Uh, so uh, I've gone for a song called Tricks on Me by uh, a guy called Jed Whedon. I think it's Jed Whedon and, and The Willing, I think, is the full band name. Now, I think Jed Whedon is the brother of Joss Whedon, who uh, was the kind of writer or producer of all the Buffy series. Okay. And, and I think did all like the, some of the Marvel films and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think Jed Whedon is in that world as well, but he, he must have this side band. And I think I discovered the track on a film, and I do not remember the title of the film because I don't think it was very good. But this song was in it, and I checked the song out, and I fell in love with the song and the album. Uh, and he's since released a couple more records, which are equally beautiful. Um, and it's just a really gorgeous acoustic, really well-layered song lovely melodies really interesting lyrics uh like the word allegory i'm a sucker for any uh interesting word in a in a lyric i don't know what allegory means but it's in there you know um i hope you're not looking at me to tell you what it is because i ain't got a clue (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah it's it's a really beautiful beautiful song and i kind of uh i I see it as a a little bit as a, a kind of benchmark of um good acoustic music and how it can be both really beautiful and really interesting at the same time the way it's laid yeah. up uh so there's another band called wheat that i really love that i might have gone to as well not many people know the band wheat and they're very similar in just really interesting layers um you can spend hours finding something new all the time and at the same time really good lyrics really interesting melodies and you know things that will get stuck in your head yeah. And I, I've always loved that about music. I mean, and that's kind of what drew me to R.E.M. and Crowded House and even the Jackson 5 or the Smiths. You know, you've got this, these songs, this music where you can just sing along to it if you like. That's absolutely fine because those melodies are really strong and they'll stick in your yeah. head. Or this lyric, which you can really think about, really delve into, really discover something else and maybe find something about you in it. 
Yeah. And, and I love that about music. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do because of these sorts of songs. Perfect. So new music is out now. Yeah, today, this very day. Yeah. Okay. The, the well, Moving I'll, Images I'll... EP is out today. Okay, um, people can get that in all the usual places. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, as we are, I guess you, you know you're not walking into HMV. So um, soon, apparently, is that soon. true? Okay, fifteenth, um, apparently. Okay, well, as things stand, you can, you, if you want a CD, you can get the. Uh, there's like a, a music glue site that I have that you can buy stuff, or you know, it's obviously on the or the, the streaming services and things like that. So. Yeah, feel free to have a listen. <laughs> I'll be very grateful. Well, I'll put together a Spotify playlist um, uh, on Spotify of all your song choices today so people can go and um, check them out. Um, and when this comes out, um, are you happy for me to sort of tag you in it on the social media front oh, so people please can go do. and... Please uh, do, yes. Wonderful. Um, Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure. You uh, too. Thank you so much thank for you. your time. Oh. It's, been, uh, it's been a blast. Thank you, thank man. You. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Take care, man. You too. Bye. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed chatting to Jamie. It was it was a great podcast. That um, what a, a smashing fella, and uh, and and yeah, cracking taste in music. Um, even if he didn't share uh, my love of uh, new edition. Um, as mentioned on there, go and check out Jamie's um, new music, new EP out. Um, and yeah. I think that's it. I think we're done. End of podcast. I'm back next week. Um, if you can't wait that long, go over to uh, Patreon uh, and uh, get involved there because there's loads, about 100 or so episodes up on there uh, that haven't been released to the masses. And, uh, and by going and checking that, you're also supporting this podcast. Um, all I ask if you enjoyed this is um, press a little subscribe button and, uh, and then each week without any bother, uh, a little episode will just pop up on your listening device and you can you can give it a whirl. Um, thanks again for listening, people. Thanks once more to Jamie. Um, and yeah, I'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, 
see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.